Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, I've got one of the latest gadgets out here this morning. It's something that I had to wait a long time for to get. And uh, I'm looking, I suppose, for some people I can use it on. But I need some people who are who are full of God on the inside, who, who know that God's on the inside because this machine is a dangerous machine. You know, I bought it all away from, where does it come from? Pike Technologies. Um, it's worth a lot of money. And I can't wait to use it on someone this morning. So have you ever thought what you're full of? What are you full of this morning? We, it's, you know, quite often it's a slang that people say, you know, when someone's giving you a hard time and, and you say, oh, you're just full of it. You're just full of it. Well, can I get away from the slang and just say, I can't let you see inside the box. So what are you full of this morning? Do you know what you're full of this morning? And if, if you're full of God, I pray that you're going to go out and do something spectacular for God. But we all know, even though we're full of God, there's some stuff in here that needs to be sorted out. And, oh, there we go. I hope that doesn't offend anybody. <laughs> yeah. So what would happen if this was just wasn't a machine, but it was actually God here today? And he was going into our hearts and he was getting this machine and he was grabbing this piece of apparatus and he was placing it on our hearts and if he placed it here right in our heart, it would actually go by Bluetooth back to the sound man at the back and it would be displayed on the screen for all to see. For all to see. Everything, your deepest, darkest desire, your greatest desire, to the things you do in secret, to everything. Everything, every thought, every motive, it was there on the screen for everybody to see. Who would want to come up here first? You would? Man, I don't know if I would. <laughs> but, you know, I've got, I've got someone here who would love to come up. Come on up, Claire. No, you didn't. I was unsure whether anyone else would come up, so I thought I've got to ask someone who can't say no. That's right. So, what would happen if we put this on you, Claire? What do you think would come up? Good things. Good things. Okay, so we'll put it... We'll whack it on here. Let's see, what comes up first? What's on the inside? Yeah, what's the next one? Oh, that's pretty simple. Oh, I love God. Can we, all, can we all say that, that we'd all love God? I hope if you don't love God that by the end of the service, you're going to know that there's a God that loves you this morning. What else would come up if we place this on Claire's chest? Worship. Would you say that my life is a life of worship? From the morning, from the time I get up to my very first breath in the morning, the time I go down at night, my, my life and my day is dedicated as a life of worship to my God. What's the next one? Would you want to please God every minute of the day? 
to take our mind off ourselves and decide that we're going to please God in all that we do and all that we say throughout the whole day, through the rest of this week, through the rest of my life, that I just want to please God and do everything I can for Him. And more than that, out of that, is there an outflow to want to help others, to help everybody in our world, in every situation, that whoever we come in contact with, they are in contact with the love of God because we're full, full of it. We're full of it. We're full of the love of God. What else is in this heart? Oh. Am I done? You're done. You're done. I was kind to you. So after, so we're having a bit of fun this morning, but you know, seriously, what are we full of? If I was to ask you, what are you full of? I want to be full of as much as God as I possibly can. And I believe when we're saved, there's an there's a impartation, there's something that's given to us and the Holy Spirit comes and live with us. But really there's lots of stuff, and we all know there's lots of stuff in here that we're full of. But I pray that when, when this happens to us, because you know it's going to happen one day. You know we've been in face to face. I don't know if it's going to be real to everybody, but we're going to see our, eyes, our, our life flash before us and we're going to have to say, God, yes, I did this because of this and I did that because of the other. Even though we're saved and we're still going to make it to heaven, our lives are going to flash before us. So, oh God, I'm not doing this because I don't want to go through that, but God, I, I want to live a life that's pleasing to you. The very first man in the Bible that was martyred, and when the apostles, when Jesus had left, and the apostles were carrying out all the works and there was too much for them to do, so they, they chose some men to help them out, and one of them was a man named Stephen. And I just want to read a couple of, couple of verses about Stephen. It says, in Acts 3, verses 3 to 5, it says, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and ministry and the Word because they were spending so much time just waiting at the tables and helping people that they wanted to get into the Word and to ministry and so they chose these seven. First verse though, full of the Spirit and wisdom. And then verse 5, it says, This proposal, proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Stephen, a man being full of spirit and wisdom, and a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Would you love it to say that that's what I was full of this morning? I would love to say that's what I was full of this morning, because if that is in me, I can't imagine what's going to flow out of me and touch the world around me. You know, when I was a young guy, uh, I was very short when I was young, and uh, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence. And even though I played sport, because I, I didn't come from a really flash background, I didn't, never imagined playing for a club. For me, if I was going to play for a club, that, that was beyond my dreams. I, I was reasonably good at a few sports, but I never had a dream to play for a club because there was a ceiling placed upon my life. And that ceiling was like a, a glass ceiling that, that I, I just couldn't push past when I was younger because I could never see myself in that situation. And I believe that there was things in me that I probably could have used better when I was young, but my ceiling capped me. And we all have these caps. And, and I believe that we're full of all this, the fullness of God is inside of us. We're full of things we, we, we probably don't even imagine we could have. But because we've got the ceiling that we've put upon ourselves, 
We never actually let what's out of, and I believe you're all full of it, (laughs) in a nice way. I believe you're all full of it. You're all full of the Holy Ghost. You're all full of the Holy Spirit. You're all full of power. But the only thing that inhibits us is these ceilings we put upon ourselves. And it wasn't until later on in life when I found out that some of the things I believed weren't quite true, and I took that ceiling off, I started to excel in a few things. And the same in our spiritual walk. The enemy comes to deceive us. But let me tell you, you're full of it. If nothing else, you're going to remember that saying when you leave here this morning. I am full of it. I'm full of God's authority, God's power in my life, and I can go and do what God wants me to do. You know, do we have an internal perspective? If I was going to ask everybody, what do you want? What do you want? And if it was just a glass of water, can you imagine yourself sitting beside a swimming pool somewhere, cool, not just had, just had a dip and you're comfortable as anything, and someone offers you a glass of water, yeah, I'd probably take it or leave it, um, because maybe there's something better on offer. But if you're in the desert, and you hadn't drank for a week, and someone offers you a glass of water, what would that want change? We all say we want something, but there's a bit of a difference between want in some situations and want in others. And I'd like to say this morning too, some of what we want in, our, in God, God in us, it's just so easy in, in our, where we live. That we can say we want God, but in, in, the, in, in reality, we're sitting beside the pool. We're in a comfortable place and we want God, but we're sitting beside the pool and we can really take it or leave it. But when we're in a situation where all we've got is that glass of water, man, we want that glass of water. We want that glass of water like anything else. And it's, it's opening up our spiritual antennas to decide to see what that glass of water means. It is really life. It is life to my body. But I don't recognize it because I'm sitting beside the pool and I'm so comfortable. So can we say this morning that, God, I really want it. From Matthew 6, 19 to 21, it says, Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I pray that our God is the greatest treasure we could ever have. I'm thinking about Bible characters, and, and the one character I stuck on for this situation is a man named Saul. He was a man who was very zealous. And if you don't know the story, when Jesus first came and, and he came to the earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, went down to hell, came back, rose again, presented himself to a lot of people, told them exactly what had happened, and then, and then went to heaven and said, okay, I'm going to leave what I've taught up to you to present it to the world. And these 12 were there. Well, the religious leaders of the day did not like that. And Saul was one of these religious leaders, so he decided, I'm going to go out and I'm going to put as many of these Christians in prison as I can. I'm going to kill as many as I can. I'm, going to, I'm very zealous for what I believe. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was caught, taught by um, Gamaliel, who was one of the, probably the most authoritative people of the day. This, this man was a very, very smart man. He could speak Greek. He could speak Hebrew. It's said that he, he, he knew virtually the Bible intact and wrote. In Greek and Hebrew, could recite anything he ever wanted to out of the Bible. That's how much he knew. This man was a very, very smart man. Young man, 16, probably 20 years old. And here he was presiding at the the man I spoke about first, Stephen. Presiding when they stoned him because he spoke about about the gospel. And the people there didn't like it, so they stoned him to death. 
And this is the man that sat there and took the clothes off Stephen and, and sold them, or took them off him. And this man, Saul, is, is going out to persecute the Christians, and he's on the road, heading on the way, and he gets a divine appointment with God where a light from heaven comes down and hits him. And an audible voice says to him, why are you persecuting me? That everybody can hear. And he's blind instantaneously because the glory of God came upon him. And you, you just, I take it it's why he was blind, because the glory of God was there and it just dulled his eyes. But he's a man who was zealous for what he thought. He was a man that ran into everything he could. His, his, what he believed was what he believed. And he just did not hold back. But then he was saved. He had this epiphany moment where God turns up and in his life and it's like there's a line in the sand this man disappears for three years plus he finds out exactly what God what Jesus was all about he learns about the gospel learns about his teachings learns about who he is and the same man that persecuted the church now turns around and he ended up writing most of the New Testament a man that went and, and devoted his whole life to Jesus he had a character and he had a passion beforehand that was in him. And it was, God did not pull out that character and passion that he had. He turned it around and he changed it around. The very passion he had that was for the world, now it was turned around as a passion for God. And his character that God had already put in him, he didn't lose that. Just God just changed it around. So his character that he already had was turned around to be used for God. His dedication that he had for study, he did not throw that away. He just twisted it around and gave it to God and God used that dedication for study that he already had. See, he was full of something. I believe that each and every one of you and me have been designed for purpose from the very moment we were born and we've been designed in such a way that we can do something special for God. And whatever has been put in you, let me tell you, not everything that is in you at the moment needs to be exactly pulled out. It just needs to be turned around so that God can use it for his kingdom. You know, the study, the strength that he had. Can, some, some people, if you notice how you meet some people, and I love meeting these sort of people, they're the worst of the worst. You see them and they're rude to you. They stand up, they get in your face, and you stand there, and, and I just love the strength they have in them. Fair enough, they've been bruised and they've been battered and they've been hurt, that God is going to help if they choose to turn their lives towards God. But those very same strengths that are in their life when they become Christians, have you noticed what happens? They go and they win the world for Jesus. And I'm not saying if, if you're quiet, it doesn't mean there's any less because you're the one who is going to sit with the one when no one else will sit with them. You're the one that's going to sit there and listen to them and have them cry on your shoulder because you're the one who can sit there and, and empathize with everything they're going through. You're designed for purpose and you're full of everything that God wants to put in you. The devil comes to deceive you and to twist it. But this morning, what are you full of? I was listening to someone the other day. And he was saying, we all have an idea. We get ideas that come into our, to our mind. A thought for a possible course of action. It's like a light bulb moment we get an idea. Have you ever had that where you get an epiphany and you say, especially if you're in business and, or you're designing something or if you're fixing something, and you get this moment where all of a sudden it just becomes clear and you can jump in and it works. Well, those ideas, they turn into our beliefs. And our beliefs turn into our behaviours. And our behaviours turn into our lifestyles. And our lifestyle becomes strongholds. 
A lot of prayer people here say strongholds are bad, strongholds are bad, but there can be bad strongholds, but let me tell you, there can be good strongholds. Strong points in our lives that we say, this is who I am and I'm not going to be shaken. You were just singing about it before. His word is a stronghold in his life where we will not be shaken. So if you ever sat down and honestly asked the question, what are my ideas and what do I really believe? Because if you decide this is what I believe, no matter what, this is what I believe, they will become a behavior in your life and you can see it. People can't help themselves when they see someone who, is, who can't afford food, they can't help but open up their pockets and give them some money. There's a behavior, there's a lifestyle that's come and it is a stronghold in their life that they do not negate. It is something that is their lives. I look upon you and I could, I could pronounce names of each and every one of you probably and say, the ones I know, and say, this is a stronghold in your life where I can see that God has, wants to move you in this direction. It is obvious because do you know what's on the inside? It comes out on the outside. And it's there for all to see, especially in times of stress. So what are you full of? Are you full of his word? The word speaks to us every day. For the more we believe, the more we believe in this, the more our behaviors change, the more our lifestyle changes, and the, more, the bigger strongholds we have in our life to stand up for God. There's a story in the Bible about Lazarus. And if you don't know the story, it's a man who died and he was dead for, for a few days. And Jesus turns up on the scene. And his sisters are there outside, outside the tomb. And in, in those days, they used to cover them with spices, etc., so you didn't smell too much as you decayed. And they'd put you in a, in, a, in a cave or somewhere else. They'd put a rock in front of it until your body decayed enough where it didn't smell anymore, and they'd take it out, and then they would carry out the rest of their rights on it. Well, this man had been put in, the, in, the, in for four days, and, and Jesus turns up and says, you know, I, I, I want to... I believe that Lazarus can be healed. And they say, no, he can't be healed by now. He smells too much. And he makes this statement. He says, did I not tell you if you believe, you will see the glory of God? This is why our beliefs are so strong. If we believe, we will see the glory of God. He believed. And I can guarantee as they rolled that stone away or the rock or whatever it was in front of that where he was lying, They were probably saying, oh, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know, but I've got enough belief to maybe take this away a little bit because I believe that this God here, this Jesus is here. So they roll away the stone, and of course, Jesus speaks to this dead man and says, get up, and he gets up, and he walks out, and he's perfectly fine. I read the next story where this same girl that sat outside of the tomb for Lazarus, Lazarus' sister, is sitting there at the feet of Jesus. And she gets up, and... And because this had just happened in John 12, verses 1 to 4, I'm going to read this. When Mary pours out expensive ointment all over Jesus' feet and over his head as well, because her brother, her brother Lazarus had been raised from the dead and this, this oil that she poured out over Jesus was not just something that was cheap. It was worth a year's wage. It had come from way in the Himalayas where they... Where they got whatever it was to make this oil out of and, and brought it to, to Israel. And Jesus is sitting there and she pours all over his head and all over his feet. And it's because of what she'd seen happen with her brother, that he was raised from the dead. 
Because he is raised from the dead, she had this indulgent act of love that flowed out of her heart, out of what was inside of her. Because she was full of this love and this gratitude for Jesus. And because she was full of so much, it couldn't help but it flowed out of her in this, in this, this act of love that was probably unprecedented. And because she covered Jesus with this, this sweet-smelling ointments, that same Jesus that a little while later sat dying on the cross with his arms stretched out naked, beaded and bruised and tore to pieces, that same aroma that she poured over him would have been emanating from his body as he lay there dying for us. Because her heart was so full she was so full of it, she couldn't help it. She had to, what, not waste, but cover him with a year's worth of wages because of what had happened to her. Do we realize we've been set free? Set free from sin and death into a life that is of freedom. Paul and Silas sitting in prison because they cast out a demon. And they're sitting there in prison in the, in the dark and the damp and what would we do in the dark and the damp? But they choose to praise and worship because they had found something inside of them. They were full of what they had. It couldn't help, but it came out in the time of distress when they were stuck in prison and there was no hope probably for them at that stage. And here they are praising and worshiping Jesus and all of a sudden the doors fly open supernaturally and they walk out of the prison because they were full of it. I'd like to propose to you this morning that you are full of it this morning. But what are you going to allow out that this cap and this thing that we put upon ourselves that holds us back from what God wants us to do? I'm amazed. Full of praise. There's a man, and, and we listen to, I suppose everyone listens to him, Bill Johnson. And he says, Faith does not deny a problem's existence, but it denies it a place of, of influence. Are you going to allow what's inside of you to come out that you're full of? Or are you going to allow your problems to cap you and stop you from coming, being into a place of influence, full of the promises of God? One of the ceilings, and I want to, I've got to be quick here, is the gospel. Do you really believe that the gospel is good news? Do you believe it is good news? Do you believe that the gospel is set there to free from what binds us and it's free, makes us free to serve him well. You know, this is the best news that we have ever, ever had. If you stopped and imagined yourself from where you'd come from to where you are now. This gospel, we are full of it today. We are full of the gospel. If someone bought you a, a, something of great price, and gave it to you, will allow someone else to tell you it's not yours and take it away from you. Because that's what the enemy does. But that, that thing of great price has already been given to us. It is already inside of us and we're already full of it. Don't let, don't let the enemy steal it from you. Don't let the world steal it from you. Don't let things that are put upon you steal it from you. Because freedom is in him. For do you know, it is not who I am. It is not from the outside and what I think I am, it is whose I am. And if I'm Jesus, if I'm his treasured possession and I'm full of what he has, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. In Matthew 19, 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. 
Stop waiting and start doing. This morning, or during the week, I was reading about, and I can't say this name, Nick Vidukic. Vidukic, you know the guy with no arms and legs? Yeah, Nick. He's got no arms and legs. And he tells the story at age 10 how he lay in the bath and because he had no arms and legs, he rolled over in the bath when no one was around. He tried to suck the water in because he, he realized he was going to have to live his life. And he thought, no one's ever going to love me. I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to be able to work. I'm never going to be successful in anything. And at age 10, he tries to kill himself. And he rolls over in the bath and he tries to suck the water in. And he couldn't help. Every time he got the water into a certain place, he, he couldn't help. it. He had to roll back and spit it back out. And he couldn't kill himself. Well, now, how many years later, this man is traveling the world, won thousands for, for, the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, speaking life into situations we never thought was possible because if you looked on the outside, there's bits missing. But what would happen if you looked on the inside? I would say there's not much missing at all. And I would say he's full of it. He's full of it. He's got everything he needs to be successful. Are we going to let the things on the outside inhibit us? Inhibit us? No arms, no legs. And yet he's traveling the world, done more than what we ever thought we could ever do because he's full of it. He's found something inside of him. His ideas became his beliefs. His behaviors became a lifestyle and his lifestyle of what he did now has become a stronghold in his life and he's living a very successful life. To get that in us, two things quickly. Can we pray? I believe that when we pray, the doors of heaven open for us. When we pray, the things that are impossible become possible. I believe that when we pray, there's a divine exchange happens. And the things that are inside of us hold us back and all of a sudden a, a deposit is put in us for us to go and do what we're supposed to always do. I believe that when we pray, what the enemy meant for evil turns around and, and God can turn it for good. I believe, and in Psalm 51 it says, create in me a clean heart. I believe that's what happens when we pray and we spend time with our God. I also believe that when we praise and worship, it opens up opportunities for God to move in our life. When we pray, we express ourselves, we choose to praise and worship our God, it opens ourselves up for God to come in and do something spectacular in us. There's two Greek words I want to go through quickly. One is sebestos, and it means as we come, to come to God in a godly reverence, to realize who he is, that he made everything. And in godly reverence, we come and we praise you in godly reverence. We worship you in godly reverence. And we choose to come into all that you are and all that you have for us, God, because you're an awesome God. But there's another word that comes for worship, and that's latrio. And it's the way we worship. It's our liturgy. Can I encourage you? This liturgy was given as we worship. Because what is this liturgy for you? Is it when I get up in the morning, part of my thing is that I'm going to pray for five minutes today. Part of my liturgy is I'm going to actually praise and worship you for five minutes today. What are those non-negotiables, the liturgy that you put in your, you put in your life where I'm, I'm going to run my life around, that I'm going to praise and worship you whenever that thought comes into my head during the day. In situations that go wrong, I'm going to choose to praise and worship you for my God. These are my non-negotiables. The liturgy I have in my life that I'm going to praise and worship you. When I lose my funds, I'm going to worship you. When my health isn't the very best, I'm going to worship you. When my life doesn't go exactly what I plan for, that I'm going to worship you. If my arms and legs got cut off, I'm still going to worship you. Is that our liturgy? 
a non-negotiable. I will build my life upon your word. It is a firm foundation. I will not turn away because this is what, who I am. This is what I do. We are full of him. And the worship team can come up now. There's a bit of a prophet round at the moment, and I probably shouldn't say that word because I'm going to get in trouble. And he says, When I was asleep, I was dead. Then I awoke, and now I am alive. Does that sound like we're, what we're talking to, what we're speaking in this church for the last I don't know how long? That God will wake us, wake us up, awake, O sleeper, and let God's power and authority come upon you. That man is Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know how long he's gonna, his lifestyle is going to be like this for. I pray that it's going to be till, till he takes his last breath. But a man who decided one day, I'm dead because I'm asleep. Now he makes a change. I'm going to become alive in God. Wake up, O oh sleeper, and rise and see what God can do in your life today. So what are you full of? Are you full of it this morning? Are you full of His Spirit? And I left this to last. Are you full of His Spirit? Because when Jesus came and He went to heaven, He left us the comforter. And He says He's going to come and live with us, to abide in us forever. And He's going to be with us and never leave us and never forsake us. Are you full of it this morning? I believe by faith that I'm full of it. I believe that when I touch the sick, they're healed. I believe that when I pray and ask, God hears my prayers and He sends me an answer. Sometimes that answer is yes. Sometimes that answer is no because I know best. And sometimes that answer is probably maybe if you keep persisting, then I might change my mind. And that, that might not sound exactly scriptural, but I believe that. God always answers our prayers. He does. He answers our prayers. Will you? It should be the greatest joy to praise and worship and to serve Jesus. It should be our greatest joy just to better do that, to live a life of freedom in Him. And let me tell you, if you're not free this morning, if you've got things in your life that are dedicating and dictating your life this morning, whatever that is, let me tell you, God can set you free. There is always freedom in Jesus. And the things that you say, you say, I cannot beat this because it's got such a strong hold on me. Let me tell you, in Jesus, there can be that line in the sand where one day, and I'm finding my, I was asleep, I was dead. Then I woke, and now I'm alive. It can be that simple for your life. And there's a church body here that can support you. They can love you. They can help you through every situation. Let me tell you, we can walk out victorious because we are full of it this morning. We are full of it this morning. Everything you need is inside of you. Will you let it out? Will you take off the ceiling? Can we stand this morning? And I'd just like to go out as I finish with that song yet again. Is it our firm foundation? If you don't know Jesus this morning and you'd love to know Him, the first step is to say, God, I'm willing to allow you to come in, in my life. I'm willing to allow you, as I stand before you this morning, to come and to wash me clean because your blood is there for me. And I just want to give my life to you because I know and I trust you that you know best. And then when that happens, it's like the light turns on. It wakens endless possibilities for your life and my life. 
Is there anybody here that would love to do that this morning? If you do, I'd, I'd just love you to put up your hand quickly. If you want to close their eyes just for a second, and we're going to pray for you afterwards, and then we're going to sing this song. Anybody here at all? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you, best decision you could ever make. Best decision you could ever make. You know, can I also say one thing before I finish? We were talking during the week, and I was talking about strength. There's a man, and this is knowing who you are. There's a man called, and some of us know him, he's called Danny Goog. And this man, when you talk to him about a, a tough situation, When he prays and worships his God, he cries. When he eats good food, he cries. When he sees a good football game, he cries. But it's who he is. Don't let the world put something on you that you're not. Allow yourself to be free, to express who you are. If you want to dance, dance. If you want to cry, cry. But God can use you because you're designed for purpose. Just like Saul was designed for purpose. And I didn't get to say this. But after he was saved, his name was turned to Paul. Because he was a different man. Same for you this morning. You're going to be a different man. Different man because something changes in you. Can we sing this song now, right now? And say that I'm going to build my life upon your word. It is a firm foundation for us something that we're not going to turn away from because I'm full of it. I'm full of it this morning. Let's see.